And welcome to another episode of the Super Peace Podcast. It is I, Polo Parata, in my new um, mask from Sergio Tacchini. Um, I want to say happy Valentine's Day because we've been gone for almost three weeks. And it is uh, Black History Month. So all my brothers out there, hopefully they are enjoying their month. GK, how are you doing? I'm good. You good? How have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. We got to talk about this. Oh, okay. So... We will talk about this, <laughs> but um, we do have a guest. He's a writer, and it looks like he wears a lot of polo. Ralph Lauren will talk about that later. But Mr. Mega is here. What's good? What's good? What's good? So, um, first of Yo, all, dope glasses, man, for real. Oh, thank you, thank you. Ill gazelles. Yes, these are these are actually Gucci Dapper Dan limited edition Facts. glasses. Those you are know. dope. And I only wear them for the show because I can't everyday use. You can't wear them because the rhinestones come out. So, uh-huh. um. But let's talk about you. So, how have you been doing to, you know, COVID nineteen and all this craziness? I'm I'm good. I you know me personally, I'm not the one to complain. Mm-hmm. Uh, no gripes and all like that. I I just let it flow as is. You know, mm-hmm. things are gonna be however they are, however yeah. they perceive they you know how perceive people perceive it to be. It's gonna be their perception. Mm-hmm. So um, no, me personally, I'm you know I'm good overall. I can't complain. I um. Pretty much take it day by day and live life according. Mm-hmm. You know. So, I'm I'm glad that you're good on that. So, tell us, you know, how did you start doing this this art, man? This this great, you know, the the, the art that you do. Like, when did, how did you come about doing this? Well, you know, pretty much people know, but um, it started out. My father brought me into this, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like um, as a, as a young kid growing up in the '80s, the trains were born like like everywhere. Mm-hmm. So. Basically, you know, taking the train with my pop and my mom, I would just look at all the stuff. And I was like real fascinated by it. And it was just like me looking at things and changing it, conforming it to my way and looking at it. Then one day it was like, I tell my dad, like, I know what that says. Mm-hmm. And he's like, really? Mm-hmm. And I told him what it was. Yeah. And he goes, interesting, you know, he was, he's looking at me like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. And then one day it was like, I, I told I tell the story to a lot of people. It's like, um. My dad one day was at uh, 59th Street train station when it was a double R train in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he tells me and my brother to go to both ends of the platform to look out for cops. Mm-hmm. And we'll, you know, we do that. And he's just like, whatever you do, just look out. Right. So, like, all right, okay, no problem. So the train pulls in, fresh, brand new, it's all white. Right. I just see my dad go in his pocket and go for like a bag, unwraps the bag. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking and I'm just like, What's he doing? I'm thinking to myself, what's he doing? And next thing I know, the doors close, and I just see my dad busting a tag. Mm. And I'm like, what is he doing? So instead of me looking out for the cops, I'm walking towards him, you know? Mm. And the train pulls off, and when the train pulls off, it's like I just see this purple, drippy tag Mm. coming down the train. And I'm like in awe. When I'm like, what is that? He's like, Shh, shut up. I told you. Right. Look out for cops. What mm-hmm. are you doing? So I see him wrap it up and put it back in his pocket. And he goes, don't tell your mother. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't so, tell your mother. So that purple tag that you saw 
I'm assuming it was like a homemade marker filled like Garvey or something. Yeah, like it was. That. I I don't know what it was filled with. I just know it was a purple. It was a speed stick. A speed stick. Oh, he made one out of the deodorant speed yes. stick. Yes. Wow. Wow. I never even that's how like I. That. That's how like when people mention to me, oh yo, I know them, I know to make homemade markers. I would tell people, well, you take the strips of the eraser, mm-hmm. fold them, get a deodorant, take tape, you know, fill it, take tape, and then go like you know what I'm saying, wrap it up. That was my impression because when I first seen that, that's what it was. Right, right. So I know his name still lives on, right? That's where your brother, right? It's like um, what your brother writes, you mind me saying? Yeah. Uh, SS1 mm-hmm. is homage to, to my his father. father. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like he, my brother took that. He made, Instead of writing the whole thing, he made it an acronym. No, I mean, he just shortened it. He instead of it being Sam's S A M S, he just made it S S the first let the first letter and the last one, and so then basically he just abbreviated it. That's what I meant to say, and he just did it like that. Mm. So you know when we started, I started out as as Mega Five. I got the name because I was a big Mega Man head. Mm-hmm. You know I used to play Nintendo a lot, and that was my thing. And one day my brother was like, I seen him just started getting markers and stuff like that, and black books and chilling with people that wrote and it was just like he just started getting into it and it was like something at the time i'm like i'm a young kid i'm in junior high i don't know no difference you know Mm -hmm. so but i was always like i said before i was always fascinated by it the next thing i know my brother just started writing in books with friends and stuff like that then he was like yo you got to come up with a name for yourself he goes what i'm asking what about you he goes i'm just gonna take dad's tag and put a two right you know so i was like Oh, okay, so he wrote Sam's 2, an abbreviation for SS2. Mm-hmm. Then, um, so I was looking for a name for myself, and it was like, okay, I, I, I was already breakdancing with my friends, so they used to call me Too Loose. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, let me use that. But then I was like, but that's not something predominant, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I've always been, to this day, I've always been something like, I want to be something personified, you know, something to be on my own, that way people could be like, Yo, you know, like that's all. Oh, that's that's great. That's something you know. They they get enthused by it. Right. So one day I'm just like I'm looking at the news and I see in the background this reporter in the background I see a tag called Sinister Omega Red. Mm. And I'm like, damn, why would somebody write something so long? You know what I mean? That's a good question. So <laughs> I was like, wow, what? Damn, I take like like five years to do that. Right. So then I was like, Sinister's too long. Give rid of that. I was like, Omega Red. I was like, isn't that like an X-Men character or something like that? Yeah. Right? So I was like, Red, take that out. Then I was like, Omega. So I look in the dictionary and I'm like, Omega means the end. You know, and Alpha the beginning. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, I was like, I don't want to be the ending. I want to be like the beginning of something. You know, it ends with me? Like, no. So I was like, I broke broke out the O. And so I was like, Mega. Mega. And then my whole thing with graffiti was... Every uh, graffiti artist or graffiti writer that I seen on the train, they always had a number. Mm-hmm. It was like like they say Tracy one eighty two, you know, say Stay High one four nine. You know, everybody repped their block, but yet they would just take their name and go somewhere else with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They'll be in, instead of them being in the Bronx, they'll be in Manhattan, right? Stay High one four nine, or he'll be in Brooklyn, Stay High one four nine. So mm-hmm. that was his stamp, you know. So I was like, let me think of something that'll make me. And I knew that there was other people that wrote Mega before me, you know, because my dad always said, 
know your history. Well, let me me talk about that for a second. There's Omega, I think, from Europe. Have you seen this? Yes, there's Omega from Europe and there's Omega from Brazil. One writes Schmer Omega, Omega Schmer. So it's like two names, right? And then there's another dude from like Berlin or Germany. I think he's from Germany. That he just does like abandons. Um, He does like pieces only. How do you feel about that? Like it's a different country. It's a different, different. They don't know me. I don't know them. You know what I mean? You know, I feel like when we picked our tags, like when we were younger, the internet wasn't really a thing. So there's no way to know what somebody's doing in LA. But now there's really no excuse. Everybody's on Instagram, you know. So it's different. Yeah. You know, it's there's no excuse not to know someone mm-hmm. who's been writing what you're trying to write for decades. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I mean that's how I feel about it. Um but that's my own opinion. The funny the funny thing about that, what you what you said about that is I reached out to that dude. Okay. The one in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I asked him. How long have you been writing? Oh, I've been writing since 92. Hmm. I was like, 1992, right? I said, how old are you? And this is maybe about like four years ago, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm 26. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I'm like, so how you been writing since, your ni- since exactly. 1992 when you're only 26? Facts don't add up, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Numbers don't lie. So I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, I started writing this thing back in 1994. Right, you know, and it's like I'm like, hold on a second. I text him and I'm like, yo, that don't add up, man. Mm-hmm. He just left me on red. Oh, cause you 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 found out like you the, the the jig is up as they say. You know, so I was like, whatever, man. You know, I mean, maybe rather than having like animosity, which I'm not saying you have, but uh, you know, it'd be nice if you two maybe could like bridge the gap. And do something together that might actually be like revolutionary for like two graffiti writers to work together with like the same name it could be a good idea i'm not saying it is a good idea well, could be i think you know? what Meg is saying is that he probably saw Mega's work somewhere well where did you see it and uh, on instagram yeah right? yeah it seems like and then he uh, just copycatted him I mean, oh, that's where I get. Oh. That's what I get from it. See, oh, okay. See, the, the whole thing. The whole thing is this: like, you could be, you could be dope with letters and everything, like right, that, right. You could be a great artist or whatever, but it's like, like I said, always think of something that's gonna bring be you, define your character, right? You know, if they called you Speedy, I say, say, and we grew up together, right? Mm-hmm. And I called you Speedy, and you called me Mega. Those are names. That's instilled. Mm-hmm. He called me that. Right. I called him that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So now, say for instance, we get a little older and we want to start writing graffiti. Right? So you're going to start writing Speedy and I'm going to start writing Mega. You know? Mm-hmm. And besides all these other people out there, whether there's before us, you know, if there's people that wrote a Speedy before you, okay, so then you're like, nah, hell with that. I'm going to write Speedy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then now I'm going to write Mega and it's like, Okay, but then there's people before us. So, you know, then there's homage to the ones before us. You know, when I first started, I wrote Mega 5. That's because I knew that there was other people that wrote before me. Yeah, he could have put a number on it or whatever. But whatever. Like, he fake Mega is getting too much shine off of this. So, we'll just, like, leave it at that. (laughs) 
you know, it's like, yo, look, listen, you want to build. See, that's that's this is what I say too. It takes years to originate, ten seconds to duplicate. Mm-hmm. It's very true. You know, and it's like you can basically, like me, I I master my style differently every day. You know, and say you're an upcoming writer, artist, you could just look at my stuff and be like, okay, I'm gonna take that and flip it towards my way. Like, come on, man. The only way me, I'm very humble. You know, there's everybody's humble to an extent. Mm-hmm. You know, and then what I could say is this: if you're gonna take something from someone. Pay homage to that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Show them, like, look, you are my influence. The reason why I do this in my letters is because you influenced me to do that. I respect that. You know, I had I had two people do that. Like, yo, the reason why I write my name like this is because of you. Mm-hmm. You know, me looking at your style, me, you influence me. I can't say nothing about that after that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All I can say is thank you. Keep doing it. Push your work. I'm glad I did that. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we're supposed to do. When you reach a certain age in graffiti, you're supposed to start mentoring. You know, it's like, it's not really taking people under the wing, but it's more like showing the people the way. Like, this is history here, so don't do this. Mm-hmm. This is the rules, right? Which we all have different rules to follow, but there's always one embedded rule to go by you know what i mean yeah but graffiti writing is like very competitive so that that. that doesn't happen it's like each person is starting like their own advertising campaign for Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. you know and nobody wants someone else's campaign to be better than theirs you know so you know there's a lot of competition yeah of course Um, but the thing the thing is this if you're humble enough to take advice from someone else and utilize it and use it to, to an advantage of yourself, it makes you a better person. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, and it's like when you're open to suggestion, open to other people's ideas, it changes your ideas a little bit. It can either enhance them or it could um, de- deplete them. Oh, you know? yeah, sometimes influence could be like a bad influence. Yeah, you know? of course. You know, what you're doing, is it an advertising campaign for your artwork like to be sold? You know, like the merchandise on the table. Mm-hmm. Do you consider your graffiti to be like advertising for that? Or is it more than that to you? It's or you more can, than that. Or, or, or you can ask them, uh, is it, uh, do, you consider, do you consider yourself a brand now because... I mean, you have all the stuff like like that's branding. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a brand or? Well, in 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 all aspects, persons in people in graffiti, mm-hmm. if you putting your name up everywhere, that's advertising. Right. That's that's point blank period. Mm-hmm. Right. So automatically, when you keep doing it, you're branding. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. Canvases. When a person wants a canvas for you, you're putting your name, you're putting your art on right. a piece of uh, on a canvas for them to buy from you, mm-hmm. right? And have it on their wall. You know what I'm saying? The main thing is this: Picasso, right? Mm-hmm. He was a painter, a brand, right? He died, right? And they still sell his artwork mm-hmm. for millions of dollars, right? Right? Mm-hmm. 
who's to say, I'm a living artist. Why can't I do that? Mm. Why can't a million other people do that as well? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we're living. We're making our mark. Because my whole thing is this. When I pass, I want little kids or have their grandparents or have their parents have one of my piece of works in their house. Because why? We always want to live forever mm -hmm. in the hearts and minds of people. And that's one way. Yeah, live through your work. Do you feel like fine art kind of hates on street art? Yeah. Like, of there's course. a gap there. I think so. Right? So... Why is that gap there? Why do they hate on it? It's understanding. It's understanding. You see, if a graffiti artist was to go into a gallery, right? A gallery is not going to understand the street, I mean, the graffiti artist. Just like the graffiti artist is not going to understand the gallery. You know, if they communicated and been like, look, I'm looking for this type of art. Say they want mosaic, right? Mm -hmm. So they tell the graffiti writer, this is how you do mosaic, you know? Look at this. Look at this work here. This is how you do it. Now, the graffiti writer is going to take that into an idea of his own and do it on a piece of canvas or on a piece of stretch with the paper, whatever they want to do, right? Well, so now, if they do that, right, then they just transition that person into be a gallery artist but yet alone he's going to take that idea and put it into his graph so that changes now that changes his art you know if there's more communication to it there won't be that gap so i feel like uh, graffiti writers are unwilling to follow the structure behind fine art you know it goes both ways but i think you're you're right about that you know it's a it's a format thing for sure. Yeah, it's always like that. It's like, for instance, you get perception from a white guy, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry to put race, but it's just, it's just you know, just to, diff yeah, to yeah. see the difference of it, yeah. right? You get a black guy and a white guy, put them in a room, right? And they're looking at one art, looking at one painting, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to tell you his idea and what he sees. The white guy's going to tell you his idea from, and what could happen? They mesh him. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when they like, you know what, let's work on something like that. Me and you, let's put your ideas in it. I put my ideas in it and let's see what happens. Right. It's either it's going to be something great or it's going to be something horrible. That's, that's but the, true. The only way, the only way to do it is to see what's in the work. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, it's all about understanding and communication. The more you talk with me, the more I talk with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's more it's, it's more transparent. You know, it's not about, okay, I got some ideas which I'm going to use when he's not here so that way I can do this. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, hold on a second. Aren't we working on this together? You know, but that's another thing too. There's people, they want to keep things to themselves. You know, oh. they're like, this is what works for me. 100%. You know, it's like, this is what works like for me all the time. All right, you know what? You keep that idea for yourself. But when you put it out there for the universe to see, it's going to come back around. And someone's going to catch on and they're going to get it, mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to use it to their advantage. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. If people are more like, okay, or like that goes back to where to what I said before. It's like if they seen that, right? And that person was like, look, I got this idea from you. All right, thank you. You know what I'm saying? 
that's what it is. It's all about understand. Like I said, the communication's open and free. Right. But it's like whether whether that person wants to give the ideas away is on them. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like now that we're kind of post COVID? I mean, COVID's still going on. It seems like there's been like a graffiti renaissance since mm -hmm. COVID hit. It's like people just went crazy with it. I haven't seen it like this for 20 years. Why do you think that is? Like, do you think it's just people being bored or is it like more to it? Like is graffiti, like the language kind of of discourse and what's going on in the world today? Okay. Prior to what we're living in now, right? People were up on it. They were getting rid of it faster, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Street corners, you hit a street corner, two days later, it's gone. You know? Now it's more like they're not painting it. You know? Yes, people are home bored. Yes, people are losing their mind and, and their, their whole functionality in life. But you know what? This right here is just... The people that have been doing it are still going to do it. It yes. just gave a little battery in, in like the people that were scared to do it. You know? Because it's like, all right, my thing with street artists, right, is that either they were once graffiti artists that got into legal issues and they couldn't do it no more. Mm -hmm. Right? So that way, right. that's the only way they can let out their passion. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're a street artist and you never went bombing before in your life, you never painted the streets, I respect you. I respect your art. But you can't call yourself a graffiti writer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't understand the fact when I say, yo, I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning painting this block over here. Yo, this shit was hot. You know what I mean? You can't understand that. You could be like, okay, all right. I get No, you don't understand that because you've never done it. You know what I'm saying? But the thing with this whole COVID thing is because there was lesser policing. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You know? It was... More just people felt, besides enclosed, they felt free mm -hmm. at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Because what's that saying? You can't keep someone locked away mm -hmm. for a long time because then they break free, right? Mm -hmm. I forget that saying. Right. What, what is it? You know, but it pretty much is like a caged animal. There you mm -hmm. go. You can't keep a caged animal for, you know, thing before they break free. Then, um, that's what it is. It's like people saw that opportunity. Even the people that got good jobs, that they used to bomb the streets and then all of a sudden they end up getting a real good job. And they're like, you know what? I can't work right now. I got laid off. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you got laid off. So now you got nothing. You're collecting unemployment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're on furlough. So yeah. if you get arrested now, it don't count. Mm -hmm. But do you get arrested anymore? You get DAT. It's a DAT. From what, from what I hear. Right. From what I hear because it no longer is considered a crime mm -hmm. you know it's just like marijuana right. you know come on it's basically pretty much it's supposed to be legal right but it's not because they can still arrest you mm -hmm. they can still give you a DAT for it so if it's considered legal yeah you know what I mean why you know in, in Jersey I've read stories in Jersey that it's supposed to be legal out there but they still can arrest you I 
It's crazy. Uh, it was always well, you know, there's always loopholes for everything. So yeah, you know? you know what I mean. That's why that's that's why I even said it my to to myself. It was like an article last week or something like that where some kids were like, "Yo, I live in Jersey and it's supposed to be legal, but I'm still getting arrested mm-hmm. for it." Yeah, I mean, because I think with COVID, it like kind of like we have a lot of space to do a lot of stuff now, and it's like you don't have that presence of authority. Like, you know, you see you walk some places, everything's closed down, everything's shut down. What do you think is going to happen? That's open space to get busy, you know? And it's like, you rarely see, I mean, you see cops here and there, but not like you used to. Mm-hmm. Not like, like a couple of years ago, where, you know, they was patrolling, you know, they was trying to lock people up for hopping in trains. Yeah. Right. Now you can go to any train station and hop freely <laughs> and not worry about it. That's you true. Know? <laughs> you know? That's true. Even some cops will just be like, yeah, and they'll sometimes they'll see you and they just won't go. give it. They won't give a shit no mm-hmm. more. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's just like it's just it's like to me it's just like free space to do. If if that's what you do, you can you can get you can get you can get off. Yeah, like it's not a problem. You know, it's I just true. think it wasn't like that. Yeah, pre COVID, it was more. You know, everybody was on pins and needles and. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you like, know, my, my thing, my thing is this, right? I've always I've always seen this in neighborhoods, yeah. right? Is why are all the gates gray? Mm-hmm. Right? To me, okay, people always say Williamsburg, right? They talk mm-hmm. about Williamsburg. Oh, it, 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 it's, 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 there's graffiti everywhere, all over Williamsburg. Oh my God. It's lively. Mm-hmm. That's why Williamsburg is considered the new Manhattan. Yeah. Why? Is that true? Yeah. No, because much, if you yeah. think about it, if you think about it, look, all the gates are painted over there. Mm-hmm. All the walls are painted the walls. over there. It's beautiful. Yeah. And they take pictures of this stuff and throw it in magazines and stuff. Yeah. All these people's stuff. It's beautiful. The there and Dumbo is another spot. Exactly. Lots in Dumbo that are. You know, it's like it's like when you think about up. it, right? If you have art, if you have art, all okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I'll go back to that, but I'm gonna say yeah, this. Right. If I'm a store owner, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that people constantly tag my gate, right? With names or different names and everything like that. I'll do fill-ins on it, right? Me personally, I would leave it there. Mm-hmm. Why? If my store is the only one on the block that has art on it, whether you want to call it graffiti or art, whatever it is, that makes people wonder. It makes people really think like, what's going on there? You know? Why is it the only store on this block that has art on it. Why is that? It gives people the, imper- the, the impression like, maybe I should go in there. You know what I'm saying? I got to see what they got. That brings more people, more revenue to you. You know, when you look at the gates, all these stores, they're all gray and silver. What is it the meaning of? Mm-hmm. That's To me, when I look at a gray gate, I see death. I see dull. I see no life. I don't see nothing, right? Even if, say, for instance, you own the store, right? Mm-hmm. And you named it, say you named it The Store, right? And you wrote on the gate, The Store, right? You're, giving, you're giving your place of, of, of livelihood life. Yeah, people don't look at it like that, though. There's a lot of people out there, I think older people and us especially, ones that lived through like the 80s, the like Ed Koch era, they really just see it as vandalism, you know, so it gets painted over. You know, it's all about how you interpret it, whether you look at it as art and, you know, or if you look at it as just, like, straight vandalism. I mean, I kind of... It's weird, because when I write graffiti, 
I prefer my graffiti to be vandalism. You know, like I'm not trying to make it look good. Mm-hmm, it's just supposed to be there, you know? I guess it's really up to the graffiti artist at that point. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Something to think about. Right? Yeah, it's it's that is true. Yeah. Like I, I I'm a vandal. You know, I'll go ever to me it's like I look at a wall if it's freshly painted, oh that's a canvas. You know, I'm gonna paint it. Yeah, but like he said, you know it is to me it's they pick and choose who they think is a vandal and an artist because it could be somebody, what if it's somebody, you know, quote unquote, you know, famous to them, they'll say, Oh no, no, that's art. But if it's somebody they don't know Banksy for instance. Yeah. Oh, that's vandalism. Oh, why is he doing that? You know what I'm saying? It's all it's all bullshit to me. Like they just people pick and choose. They got who they wanna promote and who they don't you know mm, it's yeah all, exactly it's all about the selective it's all a shit show it's yeah, all the caca show to me like you know what i'm saying like it's not fair but that's so that's the way we do in life like no it's not fair you know what i'm saying like they could see you and be like oh you know what i'm saying you're a vandal but then they see him like oh no he's an artist he's you know what i'm saying he i saw his stuff in a magazine or something you know and then what separates y'all nothing it's just the perception Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's know? interpretation. It's yeah. all subjective. Yeah, it's all sure. subjective, but it's all bullshit. That's what I'm saying. It's true. Because y'all both doing the same thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to talk about so these this stuff like you do have stuff on sale, and you know this is the best display that we have and had in all our episodes. So we're gonna talk about this. So I know you got some canvases up there. Um, you got a hoodie up there. You got some pens, stickers. So. Okay, we'll start with the canvases. How much do those go for? Well, it's depending. So like, it's like uh, it ranges anywhere from eighty to two hundred. Okay. Um, um, how about how about your hoodie over there? Hoodie's forty. Mm-hmm. You know, pins go from anywhere from fifteen to uh, they stay at fifteen. All pins are fifteen. How much are these specific canvases? Just in case somebody, yeah. you know, these specific canvases here, they go for one twenty. Okay. That's fair. And you do and you do commission pieces like if somebody yes. came to you. Yes. Like if I said, Hey Mega, um, I want you to do something, you know, which I probably will. Uh something like the Super Super P podcast. Like could you do something? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you just you like you take commissions like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, it's okay. like I would what me what would me and you would do, yeah. It'll be like I'll ask you, Okay, what's your favorite colors? Right. Right? Do you want it to be Straight lettering. I'll show you. I'll give you like a, um, right. an example. Uh-huh. You know, I'll be like, you want it this way. You want it that way. You want bubble letter. You want you want what type of 3D you want. You want to make it look like it's popping out. Mm. You know, like that's number one. Before we even get started, I have to pick your brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm the artist. Right. So I need to figure out what you would like. And then at that same point, I have to put in my type. You know, so it's like it's got to be that blend. Like I said right. before, with the two right. different ideas. Uh-huh. So that's what we have to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, instead of downloading a TTF file off of the font, if you want graffiti, generic bubble letter TTFs, TTF, actually contact a graffiti writer so your stuff doesn't look like everybody else's. Mm-hmm. People can tell. When mm-hmm. I see logos that have a free font on it, a font that's being used, I could tell, and it automatically turns me off. Right. You know? I want to talk to you, if you want to talk about it, about vase. I'll say my part first. I knew vase when he was really young, like 12 years old, hang out in front of a building. He'd be out there on his rollerblades, right? About... 
two months ago, I found out that he passed. And it really bothered me because I knew he was younger than me. And I remember him as a kid. So I'd like to say, you know, rest in peace to Vase. Three six. He's a good kid. Is there anything you'd like to say about Vase while while we have you? My condolences to his family. Um, I knew him. I was the first one to know him before everyone. I knew him when he was ten years old. I um, my girlfriend, my children's mother at the time. Mm-hmm. She used to work in a laundromat and she came up to me one day and was like, there's this little kid that he keeps asking about graffiti. And I told him who you were and I showed him your work and he was like, wow, I want to learn that. And I got rollerblades mm-hmm. and he would come up to me, you know, and I introduced myself as my real name to him. A little kid, you know, so he was my first person I ever mentored. He basically, you know, would come up to me. I just remember, I always have this one look. Because you know what they say, they, a person leaves you a lasting impression. That first impression mm-hmm. is that lasting impression that you always have in your head. So with him, just a little kid looking at me, like, you know, you know when your kids look at you, like when they're sitting down, they look at you like that, mm-hmm. and you're like, they're like, you know, yeah. they're happy like mm-hmm. that, 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 um, what is it? Uh, you just see like that, the like oh, glitter in their of. eye and stuff like that, yeah. like that. Yeah. So, and he was like, "Teach me how to write. Teach me," you know. And I t- and I was teaching him, and I taught him. And I would tell him, "Look, you always do this way. You do that." I gave him his first outlines and everything. And he just started getting it. You know, I told him keep working at it, keep working. I would give him papers every day. Here, here, here. And he would always go to um, her job because he knew that I was I would go there. Mm-hmm. And so every day we'll meet up and I'll just keep showing him and showing him and showing him. And then he started, yo, can you take me painting with you? Can you do this with me? You know what I'm saying? And at the time I was like, I was, I'm 18 at the time. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you're a little kid, man. Yeah. Learn first, That's you know? That's the way I kind of looked at I was like, why is this? He's so young to be around. I was mm-hmm. only like 16. I was like, but he's too young to be around us like that, you know? And then they told me his name was Vase. And I just blew it off because he was a kid. And then I go back to that building a week later and Vase is fucking everywhere in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh my God, this 12 year old kid is running around on his rollerblades, banging out. You were with him, right? Boo, right? Just mm-hmm. banging out the fucking neighborhood. It was crazy. You know, my my thing was, at that age, I've always thought of it. When he was young, I was like, nah, I can't. You know, you got to do your thing, you know? So him and Boo, Boo, like me and Boo, we, we had, we had our run, me and him. We pretty much destroyed every corner in Brooklyn, from Bay Ridge all the way to downtown Brooklyn, up to uptown, you know, and we would do it on rollerblades. And we pretty much would load up, like, we took over 5,000 cans 
Yeah, shout out to Pergamon. And one day, <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna climb to the top. You stash everything. Got it. So you throw down paint boxes. And when I just stash them all around everywhere in that aisle. And it was funny because we had a friend that worked security mm -hmm. there. So he would keep the receipts of people that didn't want the receipt. Right. You know how they would poke the hole, right? Mm. He didn't do that. So one day, he just gives us a stack of receipts. Do you think, fellas? Really? Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So now, we, um, we go there. He said, come within the 3.30 to 4 o'clock and do your thing. Because mm -hmm. that's when shifts were changing. No problem. We did that, right? And so we load, We told our two friends, yo, bring your cards here, right? We would just walk out with boxes, mm -hmm. boxes, boxes. We filled up one, guy, one guy's trunk and back seat. Filled up another guy's trunk, back seat. Go to the house. Go back the next day and do the same thing. So I was, I've actually seen this happen. I've seen you guys come out of the back of Pergament shopping cart full of paint mm. and just being like wow you know my um i guess you'd be like my uncle-in-law he was a security guard the old man at the back door of pergament he was a security guard there when all this was happening and he didn't care he was like 70 years old he didn't care you know but i could not walk into that store and do what you were doing because if I, the guy knew me, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'd go back to my family, it wouldn't be good. But yeah, American accents, right? There's a, there's a favorite. What? American accents? Summer squash, yellow, claret, wine, forest green, raspberry, leafy green. Leafy green. Yeah, yeah that oh was a my good God. one. You Terracotta. Know, yo. Was... Then the best, the, 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 the illest thing ever. Was the roller coats, eighty eight cents. The roller coat black, the white was trash, mm -mm. but the roller coat black would cover over everything. And they took caps too. You yep. couldn't change the cap out on them. It was insane. That can right there. I don't know why they. Well, I think that was. I think that was just a pergament brand itself. It was, yeah. But that paint right there was the go to. You would use that black to fill in. And you would throw a German on it, mm -hmm. orange dot German, yep, and yep. just, you know, fill in and then bang out with an American accent outline. Yo, it was just insane. You know, that that whole thing right there is like, you know, the memories and everything. But um, you know, well, the but Vase Vase would he would hang out with Boo all the time. Cause he would always tell me that, oh, uh, Mega, why you don't wanna hang out with me? Why you don't wanna hang out with me? I'm like, you're younger than me. You know, but I would hang out with him, just not that much. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it was like, because I've always said to him, yo, I want you to do your own thing. You know what I'm saying? It's what I tell everyone. Do your own thing. Do your thing. You know, I'm going to see it. Right. I'm going to give you, your, you know, your, 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 your accolade. Yeah, no doubt. Keep doing your thing. But do you. Don't depend on me. Because I had no one to depend on. You know, I had no one show me bubble letters. The only person who I could consider 
uh, someone who actually sat down with me were those two people that actually sat down with me and actually gave me lettering was one person was set up. See, set up showed me how to do a piece. Well, set up KCW, KCW right? Yeah. yeah. Set up showed me how to do a piece. Show me how to do block letters. He basically gave me the format. You know what I'm saying? He told me I was just never good at shadows when it came to doing straights. I don't want to cut you off, but set up draws for like like that, right? He's uh, like a I can't disclose. Yeah, he he he's very professional. I can't disclose what yeah, um, what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. I haven't spoken <laughs> to him in thirty years, twenty years. I haven't spoken to him in a long time. I I see him from time to time. I just can't disclose what he's doing. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say that I do talk to him and that I don't. I just want to leave it as that. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, while I have you here, and we're kind of along that line of Vegas, Kidder. Three six, close to him. Mm, not really. Not really. It's no. more of like Buddha's friend, I guess. Kidda, Kidda was more acid. Oh wow! Kidda was what used to hang out with acid a lot, and uh, me and Kidda went to school together. Um, wait, you went to the ER? Yeah, I went to three schools. I got kicked out of three high schools. Mm. Yeah, you went to Fire Hamilton too. Yeah, yeah. and I went to telecommunications. <laughs> <laughs> so happens, man, when your when your knuckle game is up to par, you know what I mean? You just yo, it's what it is, you know? Inciting riot. I got kicked out of uh, telecommunications for inciting a riot. Do That's you why. do you feel like um, graffiti writers are kind of like tortured artists? Do you feel like there's a lot of pain with like graffiti writers? There's pain in everything. There is, but for some reason specifically, life is pain. You know, <laughs> some one person could say. I don't know. I've kind of like Facts. recently thought of like, there's a lot of like pain within graffiti writers, a lot of tortured artists. Yeah, there's. I believe art itself is torture because you have to go through something to put it there. For instance, Leonardo gave his ear, right, to a prostitute. Look at his work. What, Leonardo Ninja Turtle? <laughs> no. Leonardo the, <laughs> the painter. You dope. Ninja Turtle and half years, right? Jesus. <laughs> well, Where think we about find it. Find this guy out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Send him back. Yeah, I'm getting a piece after this. <laughs> that, um... <laughs> no dominoes, yo. No dominoes. Jesus. But um, my whole thing is, you know, like, Art is sacrificial, you know, because it's like you're sacrificing your time, you're sacrificing your creative juices, you sacrifices energy, you know, that's stuff we can never get back. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so what we're doing is we're pouring it out. We're pouring it out in our, in our, um, in our work, you know, but the thing is this, body and mind are two different things, right? It's all connected in one, but it's two different things. If you're tortured body, right? Mm -hmm. And you're looking for substance to, to feel, to get rid of that pain, your mind oversees that because your mind controls everything, but what you decide to put in your body is something you decided to do on your own. 
you know, mind and body connected, but the controlling of what you do is upon you. You already had the precognitive thought. You thought of it. You thought it through. Okay, you're going against, your mind knows it's wrong, but your body's saying, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. So right then and there, that separates. Because if you want to put an illicit substance in your body, that's something you, the body, wants, not the mind. So you control your suit. You're playing a game of, of like a tic-tac-toe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like an art. An art. To me, since I don't, I don't get high or nothing like that, that's my illicit substance. You know what I'm saying? For me, putting it out there, that's my drug. This is a very philosophical... This is like four-level college philosophy talk we're having right now. You know? Yeah. Oh. Because you definitely need it. It's what it is. It's, it's, it's all about... <laughs> yo, it's all about... Check this out. It's all about how, like I said, like you're the main... If you think about it, the main thing how we started out with right. is perception. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's, that's what it's all about. See, people want to change. People think, okay, I've always thought, if I smoke some weed, I can change my creative thoughts. It'll make me enhance it more. A lot right? of creatives feel like right? that. Yeah. It's not right. It's not right. Mm. It's not. You're hindering that. Right. Because the come down is far worse than the high. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it'll help you create to a point, but then it'll take you to a point where you can't create. No more. Right. Without it. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. So that's why I said it's a hindrance. You know, it's like... It, In the long run, yeah. You know, when you think about it, like, I've always thought of that. Like, yo, you know what? Let me let me smoke some weed so I could, I could start this process. Then while I smoke some weed, I forget. I get lazy. You know what I'm saying? My thing, I could tell you this. I tripped out on mushrooms and acid back in the days. Okay. Right? That, I feel, altered how I look at things. Still to this day? Still, still to this day. Huh. Why? Because... For instance, your jacket, right? Mm-hmm. Dope coloring, how it's made and everything, right? When I look at it, I could take those colors and everything and switch them. And you know what? I could flip it when I look at it. And I'm like, okay, I could take this. I could take that. I could blend that part in. You know what I'm saying? I can bend it. Mm-hmm. That's what it did to me. I can't do that. You see? That's the thing. It took me to a level right. where it's like I look at things sideways. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I could break things. Is you know what they say, that fourth wall? Yeah, yeah. I can do I can break that. And I could actually be like, that's what it is. You know what? Maybe if I take this, put it backwards, take the bottom part, flip it sideways, like I could actually do that without it being in front of me. Right. Like so, I could tell you this. There's always a thing, right? A writer always does this. An artist, no matter what, because you even do it yourself. Imagination, we go like this. Mm-hmm. And we see what we're doing. That's how we work. I think a lot of artists do. Like, when you make something that's art, you have an idea of it in your mind. And then if the finished product looks like the way it did in your mind, you got a winner. You know? So, yeah, I agree with you about that for sure. That's I could say that's one thing that me tripping out did it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they say you see trails and stuff. Like, at one point, I was tripping out so hard, 
I would see multiple people. Like I would see you, a red you, a green you, a yellow you, and then a pink you. That's a hell of a high. You should watch WandaVision. Trails. <laughs> there's it was a, trails. There's a scene in WandaVision that's just like, what you're talking yeah, about it's, right it's like now. no spoilers yeah <laughs> oh, oh, uh, i mean i watch it every week though. i hear you so i gotta start i gotta, I still gotta start get into that one yeah, i heard about definitely. i heard great, great reviews great definitely show, gotta yeah. get into it, you bro. know so it's like that's what that's what i i basically like look at things mm -hmm. you know because it's like you know what they say tripping out on acid there's adverse reflex to it you know there's good and bad right bad is you could stay there stuck you know what I mean? Right. And then if you get out of it, that's good. Mm -hmm. But it's all about the long-term effects. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. say it sticks on your spine for over 10 years. Oh, then it finally dissolves. Yeah, the, the only person I know that's like not dead from drugs, but like really burnt out, it's acid. Like they're still shot like mm -hmm. 20 years. Shots later. acid, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know? It, it's, it's pretty much like, you know, it, like it's all about how you can control it. Like but I they, said, it's mind were, control. They were also irresponsible with it, you know? Like, you want to take five hits of gel, then, you know, you might be shot for the rest of your life, right? So, you know, with anything, there's, like, some type of responsibility when it comes yeah. to, like, the user, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. We all do it. Are we running out of time? Yeah, we're going yeah, to gonna, we're gonna wrap it up, you well, know? But all right. before Can we wrap it up, Ask him about the, the clothing before. I was, I was going to. Okay. That was my last question. Okay. That was my <laughs> last me, question, Let me get too. to my thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking blabbering about all types of shit in WandaVision. <laughs> it's a good show. We're not a spoiler podcast. It's a good show. We're not a spoiler podcast. That's another podcast, not ours. It could be ours. Could be. But anyway, Mega, just, uh, you know, I see you wearing polo. So, you know, how, how long have you been wearing the polo? Uh... My my first shirt was in 1994. So you consider yourself a low head? Yeah. Okay. My sister, my sister. Well, I could say when I started wearing it, but the first low shirt that I ever wore, mm -hmm. uh, my sister gave it to me back in 1989. Which one was it? Was yeah. a little no a regular little horsey, horsey with the two buttons. Nice. You know, it's a yellow shirt with the blue horsey. Yeah. And that was my first polo shirt ever that i had for some reason i remember you as a flag guy in high yeah. school you were big into the flags right yeah. i used my whole thing was the i used to love the bears till this day right, right i love the bears yeah, but it was well, like we see more yeah more um the flags were just easy for me to boost right <laughs> you know what i'm saying i would go and boost them john they're stealing yeah <laughs> they're stealing Yo, every every come on that's the, what it is in, in in the beginning when you're young you would boost everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you can, you can do it, do it. You know, I would go into certain places and since I was I was skinny, I would go in there dressed up business-like, mm -hmm. you know, and I would have a suit on. I remember me and set up in Barman like that. Mm -hmm. we yeah, suit, we, penny loaf. We, right. we would have suits, shoes, and everything. Yeah, and, yeah it was hilarious. Um, it was just like, a, I would go into these stores all dressed up. You know, and since I was skinny, they would just be baggy on me. Everything that I wore was baggy. Mm -hmm. So I would flip two flag knits under me. And what it is, my, my sister used to boost as well. So she showed me what to do, right? So I would pop off certain things, right? I would make like a little hole 
mm. pop it out, and then we would go to a tailor and have the tailor just sew that little hole up. Right. And I had so I just got to the point where it was like I had so many flagnets. I would go there. I would take two of the same flagnet, sell one, and then keep one for myself. Right. You know. So, what's your favorite piece? Polo piece. My favorite polo piece. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he said. Oh, he's a bear guy, but which bear? bear? It got to be a teddy bear. Oh, but which one? Which one? I go to sit down. Okay, sit down. That's my first teddy bear ever. Was a sit down. Okay. But then again, and he, and and he just brought it back and tra- yeah. charged nine hundred dollars for it. Like they retro <laughs> the sit down. No, there's some stupid. Um, no, you're probably no, no, no. I know which one you're talking about. It's it's no, it's um, it's purple label. No, no, no. They brought out the the sit down. They had like a vintage sit down bear mm-hmm. on the site, and they sold it for like nine hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars on the or whatever. Well, I, I hope it was a fucking turtleneck at that point. No, it was a regular sit down. Wow. No, the, the the crest the crest is dope. But um, my favorite piece besides that is the ninety two ski. You heard that the sweater you were wearing in high school, the sit down bear, just nine hundred bucks. Right. Yo, I'm gonna tell you something. If I still would have had all the low pieces that I had then, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had all the pieces, but one of my exes destroyed everything. Bleach. Cut it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Bad. It happens a bad, lot. Bad, 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 bad. And um, if I, if I had all the pieces that I had then to now, hold my equestrian. Uh, for for uh, uh the the four horse, mm-hmm. um, silk. I had silk silk shirts. I had um, original bears ninety two mm-hmm. stuff that was original, right, right, original joints. Dartboard, you know the dartboard, the the one that that I they want like five hundred dollars for it now. Yeah, I, I had that. I had it only paid like sixty dollars for it at the time. It was a cheap piece, like and um, yeah. yeah, it was just like I'm talking about. Like I had. So much stuff. Um, the fishing fishermen's. I had uh, 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 what? What was the whole thing with the with the forest? But the not not. What is it? It was the fishermen. It was like sportsmen. Sportsmen. There we right. go. Yeah, sport. The sportsmen. I had the alpine. I had everything that was considered pieces. Right. But I didn't have a whole lot of them. But I had like maybe like two of each. You know what I'm saying? Like two of that of that. Um, line. Mm-hmm. Wait, did your did the ex girlfriend cut your P tennis in half? Done. Did she cut it in half, though? Done. No, she bleached, bleached, and cut. Cause I had a P tennis that was cut in half and stitched back together, so I got it cheap. But I still used to rock it, you know, even with the just stitch yeah. down the middle. Listen, cut. Yeah, it was cut all through the middle and then bleach on it. Yeah, it wasn't bleach, so well, I wasn't your listen, shirt. Crazy. On, on that note, we're going to end the show. Um, we have, we're definitely going to have to have a part two because, Mega, you got a million and one stories, and we need to hear all of them, especially <laughs> when we get into the boosting and uh, clothes getting cut up. You know, I've, I've, I've had an incident with that. It's crazy, know, man. We'll, we'll save that for another show. Um, where would where would you want them to want people to find you, and where can they get this awesome stuff. Uh, you could uh, reach me out on, um, reach out to me mm-hmm. on uh, Instagram, Mega T Two B. Just don't think you're gonna see my face because you're not. Exactly. Um, we could, and you can message me 
uh, you can DM me. Um, that's my platform, mm-hmm. you know, which I I, sh- I I show my stuff. Right. And um, if you're interested in anything else, I have model buses, model trucks. I have model trains that mm-hmm. I do. Um, I do sticker packs. I do vintage stickers only. Blue tops, 2004, 2006. I don't like these. I gave you a bunch GK. of the old ones. I hate these things. Then I give you a box of the old ones. No, Freyer, Freyer gave me a box of two thousand fours. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I gave it. I might have gave it to Net. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, but so, you know, those those are my favorite stickers ever. Okay. So GK. No. 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 Still? I, you have nothing to say. You've been very talkative today. I might I might add. I'm proud of you. I don't want to get in it's trouble. It's the glasses. <laughs> I know. Look at these, look at these it's the glasses. No, nah, I don't got it this week. <laughs> okay, so we can always try next week. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram, Polo Parata, um, Double J Vintage. Thank you for everybody that's purchased. Um, I got four things shipping out next week. Thank you, guys. Um, keep on buying. I'll keep on shipping it out. Um, Soup Tea Podcast on Facebook, Instagram. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been nice. We're going to have Mega back, a part two, I'm telling you, because he got some stories. He got some joints. Um, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Soupy Podcast. Ciao. Peace. In the kitchen whipping souls Before you hear the drum or the bass line I bring it to a FaceTime Took them up to easy case shine A worker and a boss, that's an easy check Cause your boy rain fire like Khaleesi pets Deck thorough, I wreck world I'm on a futuristic ride, homie Catch me in Westworld I black on him like the flick of a light switch Bars like us come equipped with the ice pick